The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to a very special episode of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined live in my kitchen by Hudson Standish. Hudson, how's it going? Good, Mike. Everybody always says that the in-person episodes are the best. I'm excited for a banger, and it's a big day for Texas fans. Yeah, just to kind of pull back the curtain, Hudson and I are both in the process of moving um, which has thrown both of our lives up in the air. In the next week, we'll both be moving. So, um, you know, internet issues and uh, coordinating schedules has been a pain. But, uh, you know, when the news broke about Quinn Ewers this morning, Hudson just texted me and said, I'm headed, I'm headed your way. Uh, we will we'll do something today. So we decided to sit down and talk a little bit about the big news uh, on the Texas campus, Quinn Ewers being named. Uh, the starting quarterback at Texas, and how that affects uh, the the team, but also kind of how it points to recruiting and all those sorts of things. Um, so I guess let's just kind of jump into it. It's been a it's been a day of I guess if depending on what website you belong to or report from, um, you're feeling it. I will say this to kind of give everybody a little leniency. You and I, even in the last couple of days, I mean everybody has heard a lot more about Hudson Card in the last week or so, I would say, than Quinn Ewers. And it looked certainly like it was leading that way. Now, I think if you ask me, hey, pinpoint what happened, I think it was clearly a smokescreen. Yeah. And I think that we forgot a lot of important things in that time. We forgot that, you know, I think they're, they're that obviously they brought Hudson Card, uh, Quinn Ewers, I'm sorry, in here to play right away. That was the goal. And I think that, there was a lot of times you and I would talk offline and we would say this just stuff just doesn't add up, but it is what we are hearing. And, you know, I think we just, in favor of following what we were hearing, kind of forgot about the things that didn't add up. Yeah, and I think, too, one one reason we were kind of going very, uh, you know, suspicious or, okay, what's really going on behind the scenes is there maybe a little bit of a rat in the, in the kitchen or whatever was that it kind of happened out of nowhere right where at the beginning of fall camp it seemed like okay this is still going to lead to Quinn Ewers being named the starting quarterback and then there was what seemed to be almost like a concerted push by sources and just everybody that look Hudson Card's kind of taking over we're never going to get any sort of real clarity on whether it was a smoke screen or not but that uneas- uneasiness is why uh, this is a Friday. On Thursday and Wednesday, I didn't write anything because anything that I was thinking in my brain to write about was just about how it looks like it's going to be Hudson Card now, and according to what we were hearing from sources, and that just didn't sit right. So, again, some leniency, but also 
for the people who are kind of acting like it was a fact that Hudson Card would end up as the starter, it is a little bit funny to see uh, that reaction. Yeah, and I, I do think we were very kind of careful with it and, uh, you know, what Chip reported in The Insider. It was kind of a collection of all of us looking at it and saying, okay, how do we really want to approach this and, and move forward with the reporting of it? And ours was with a lot of caution because, like I said, we – we heard one thing, but I'm not sure we all anybody totally bought it. And I'll also say this: I don't think anybody was lying to us when they said Hudson Card was having a better camp. I believe that Hudson Card was having a bit of a better camp. But I've also, you know, I've always thought that if it's close, you have to go with a guy like yours. And if he wasn't, if Card wasn't creating enough separation, then you kind of need to go with with the younger guy, with the guy who has more upside. And, and deal with it. I mean, I, I don't think anybody we talked to was misleading us by saying that Card seemed to have a better scrimmage last week and had taken care of the ball better and had a better command of the offense. And I think that was the important thing, was that people, you know, if it was a smokescreen, I kind of think it was, people who could not be part of that campaign were, were some of the sources for the scrimmage that, you know, said that Card was more consistent. Now, where I do think... You, we get into this kind of interesting, uh, you know, dealer's choice of what do you value with quarterback play? Do you value consistency and, you know, limiting mistakes versus the ability to take shots downfield, spread out the defense vertically and horizontally? And I do think that this offers a pretty unique insight to Steve Sarkeesian's uh, philosophy in that, you know, eventually he went with the guy that he believed uh, had a higher ceiling. And I think that's something for Texas fans that you should be really excited about. That, okay, maybe there is a little bit more variance with Quinn at the helm. But I do genuinely believe, and I think a lot of the coaches and you know people we talk to believe that the fully maximized 2022 Texas Longhorn team probably does have Quinn at uh, QB. Yeah, I, I think that's... I I really do hesitate to just kind of close the book on Hudson Card at this juncture of his career. Only what would have only been his second year on the field, his third year in the college system. I hate to say that a guy like that can't develop for and sure. get better. And you know, I think I, not that I know anything, but I think this likely probably leads to a transfer for him. And um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Hudson Card landed a new stop and turn into a very good quarterback. I do think he has the tools. I do think he has a lot of things I like about it. I just, um, you know, for whatever reason, he could never quite make it work last year. And the writing was kind of on the wall when they got Quint. Yeah, and, and it's really impressive that he battled. Um, and I think it says something about him as a player and a person that he really hung in there and, you know, made it this close. Because, I think we said it back in the spring, and it's certainly the case most of the time, but when you bring in a guy, you're kind of bringing them in to win the job. Uh, but also, Mike, one reason why I was smiling and you were kind of giving me a little bit of an inquisitive look, don't forget that I do have Hudson Card coming off the bench as pick number nine in my specific things draft. So, you know, when, you, when you're mentioning that don't write Hudson Card uh, off yet, I'm kind of smiling thinking, yeah, I, I, I don't need him to be written off. I need him to have a chance mock type of game that's true that's true and i mean you never know it, to your point you don't ever know what's going to happen i mean there could be a chance that it works the other way around and, and cards the guy like casey thompson that yep comes in this year when it, there's too many mistakes and takes the job for most of the year i i you know 
I don't think we'll know probably until midway through the year which way this one's heading. For sure. And I and I do think that a big advantage that Quinn is going to have compared to last season's quarterback competition that definitely lingered is that Quinn's going to get two full weeks of prep before Louisiana Monroe um, and then eventually heading into Alabama. So you essentially get almost a month where you're just going to be the guy because you know it would take something really kind of disastrous against Alabama to I think pull him because you know there there is an expectation of this is going to be a tough game regardless so maybe just uh, give the lumps also uh, something that uh, I've kind of been thinking about as well is that with yours you're kind of in it's early to talk about this but you're also raising the ceiling for what 2023 can be as well to where you maybe give him a full year of reps and while I'm high on this 2022 team I do think that maybe next year looking at the overall roster talent it could be even better so that's something I'm considering too as far as planning for the future and just kind of how hard it is as far as the mistakes go. I like Quinn Ewers is going to throw a bunch of interceptions. And I think that's something that fans might just have to deal with. I'm pretty sure I told you this on the phone the other day as I was kind of talking QB battle, but I think Colt McCoy threw like 18 interceptions in his first year as a starter. Um, And I'll fact check that, but you know, it's a, it's something that young quarterbacks have to work through. And I do think that the, process is going to uh you know yield good results probably later this year or next year but i'm really excited i I don't know i don't think you're gonna love this um i did fact check uh culture's first year he threw for 2570 yards uh he threw for 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions Really? I don't know where Now, his I second that. season, he threw for 22 touchdowns and 18 minutes. Okay, so second season. Well, that's my bad then. I know also Vince had a little bit of a rough start to his career. I was looking back at those stats as well. and Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. is um, it, it's, it's to a point where you're going to have to get those. I think there's a lot of these guys that have come in young and, and they've come into ready-made uh, teams and rosters at Alabama and Ohio state. And they've changed people's perception on developing young quarterbacks. And I, I think you could probably remember there were, even in those perfect situations, there were still times of development with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and guys like Trevor Lawrence and guys like that. So, um, you know, I think that that you absolutely have to look at this from a recruiting standpoint. You know, you had brought up an interesting thing earlier in the week when we were discussing what if it's what if it is Hudson Card? How does that change the timelines for everything? Well, you know, for now at least, it looks like those timelines will continue to be on track. But do you want to elaborate a little more of just what you were kind of talking about there? Yeah, essentially, if the decision would have been Card, unless he went straight to the NFL, you would have you would have ended up with a weird situation where. Maybe Quinn and Arch actually did have a QB competition against each other, and that would lead to its own kind of mini media circus. But since Quinn does have the job now, you're on track for kind of what was always been talked about to recruits and you know various other people in the know of potentially two seasons of Quinn starting before he heads to the league that gives Arch a redshirt year, which I believe the family actually kind of prefers to him just being thrust into the starting job right away. So it's a very clean transition of power, and it also gives recruits... uh, I talked to a couple today 
a very clear idea of, okay, you're going to have one year with Quinn before he heads to the NFL, and then Arch will start after that, which is just a very good sell for Texas. Um, and I don't know, just makes things easier as far as that timeline goes. If that wasn't the timeline, or in the future if something happens where you know Hudson Card has to step in, it does muddy it a little bit to where there's less certainty of, okay, when would Arch Manning have that competition with uh, Malik Murphy and whoever else is on campus in that QB room? Which, you know, then leads to a bunch of threads asking us, hey, is Arch Manning going to uh, stay at Texas? <clears throat> yeah, it just, I think, like you said, it's Arch committed somewhat knowing that the point is, you know, Quinn Ewer starts this year and hopefully plays, you know, the next two. And after a redshirt year, Arch is, is ready to, to kind of move into that position and, and compete for that job. Um, and, and throwing a wrench in that would have thrown a lot of things off. And I think even more dangerously, and look, we're not out of the woods with this yet. For sure. But even more dangerously, if you get into a pattern like last year where it's like, well, we're going to start this guy this week and this guy the next week. Bingo. And then you, you run into a lot of trouble. Yeah, because then it does, you know, and again, we're not out of the woods, but it would create almost a culture of, well, am I really your guy? And that doubt does linger. I, Mike, we've talked about this before. And obviously, you know, I used to hate when people would make these comparisons. I like, oh, when I played. But from my personal experience, knowing for sure you're the guy at quarterback just allows you to play with such a weight off your shoulders that I do think will help Quinn. Now, Quinn also plays pretty carefree as it is. But I do think that recovering from those mistakes and having the, a short memory definitely will help him as we have the last 14 days so of prep before Louisiana Monroe, and then more importantly, Alabama in the conference season. Uh, one more thing I'd like to get your thoughts on. Schematically, I do think that this is the best version, potentially, of the Texas offense with Quinn in charge because of how he spreads the field. I mean, we've kind of talked about this before. How do you think this is going to help, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson when it comes to maybe not having to deal with as many seven and eight man boxes, even if you are in 12 personnel. Yeah. I mean, I think last year, what you saw was when they got, when teams wanted to come back, they would load the box, they would send the house and Carter Thompson couldn't get the ball off quick enough to somebody. If you've got Quinn back there that can burn you when you send too many or load too many, then you're going to have to naturally adjust to it and back off. I think that was kind of the, you know, what we saw with this offense as a whole is they began putting pieces together in the spring. Now, you hate to lose Ajay Hall to a suspension. You hate to lose Isaiah Nair to an injury. Yeah. Like, those are two big pieces out of the offense as of now. I think we'll get a really good idea against Louisiana Monroe of just how well they can do that and how fluid they seem. Because I think, you know, obviously the expectation is for Texas to win big there. I think if they come out and struggle to move the ball, then we've got, you know, Maybe a long year ahead of us, but um, we'll get a little bit of a of a look there. But I, yeah, I do think this is optimally what it's there for, and and I think that they're gonna, you know, it's gonna be on whoever's playing quarterback to take advantage of those teams that load up against Bijan Robinson. Something I thought about too with Quinn, I don't know if you know exactly what play I'm talking about, but do you remember in the spring game? Uh, I believe the defense sent like seven or eight. And it was on a play-action boot out of 12 personnel. And very quickly, Quinn adjusts his arm slot to throw the mm -hmm. little arrow route to, I believe, Billingsley or Sanders, one of the tight ends. Yeah. And I was just thinking that poise 
to even just adjust the arm slot like that. I think that's another dynamic that Quinn adds, in addition to the fact that I think it's going to be really hard to play cover one or cover three against Texas. I think you're going to kind of have to be a little bit at least starting in a two shell with two high safeties. And if you move them around, I think Sark can kind of pick you apart. But even without just the vertical stretching game, I do think that he adds enough to the offense to where it's a really intriguing uh, dynamic of what he can kind of open up for others. And obviously I do think the Texas offense would rather have Bijan Robinson, um, kind of leading the way, which then opens up Quinn for play action opportunities. But, you know, it, it's one of those symbiotic things that, I don't know, both can kind of take from. And I'm sure Xavier Worthy's, uh, you know, he tweeted out his support, and I'm sure he's pumped that, you know, yeah, this has happened. that seemed to be kind of the prevailing sentiment from everybody was, you know, Jonathan Cook, I think, tweeted out something really, he did, really yeah. happy about it. I Look, I don't want to... I don't want to cast aspersions at all on on Hudson Card, but this is kind of what everybody wanted, to be honest. I mean, it just is. It's what everybody wanted. It's what the fans wanted. And you and I talked about it. Even if he's going to start, if he's going to make some mistakes, let him get those mistakes out of the way this year. Because if ideally, if you okay, if you sit him this year and you play Hudson Card, and Hudson Card has a mediocre or even good year, then you're either facing another transfer from somebody. Yeah. Or you're going to be breaking in a quarterback at some point anyways. I think we're at the point where unless that guy, you know, card is that far ahead of him, you just start the process now. And you hope that everything he goes through this year, the war with Bama and, you know, the the conference schedule yeah. and just kind of getting his feet wet, that pays off big time for you. And I think you also – I think they're going to. And I think you kind of take that same philosophy about the offensive line as well. Yeah, that was what I was going to transition into, but it's absolutely right. I, I think you're seeing a lot of that. Uh, also, on the offensive line, do you remember when uh, I think Sark was at Big 12 Media Days and maybe Kyle Flood did a presser as well early on to where they were uh, deflecting zero questions about the freshman offensive lineman to where it was like, yeah, let look, we need them to contribute right away. Yeah, we yeah, think that they're, they're great. Old. Exactly. How refreshing was that compared to a lot of the, you know, old older press conference we've gotten to where it's, you know, oh, we might need some guys to step up, but, you know, this is a big learning curve and, you know, the expectation should be little. I love that they knew what they had with this kind of special group. They didn't, you know, mince any words. They didn't try to sugarcoat anything. It was just from the go we're probably going to need one or two maybe even three to start sometime this year so yeah we're, we're putting the expectations high and you know they've crushed it everything we hear about kelvin banks cole hudson before injury devon campbell even guys like cam williams and nadoa moslo is just so encouraging yeah so we say all that to say we're very excited for what are we at 15 days 15 as we record this and we're going to put it out as soon as we're done so you'll have this friday evening uh, to listen to 15 days until the season kicks off. Um, and, of course, you could get the the coverage that you need over at Horns247.com. All right, we're going to talk about a couple of other things, Hudson. But before we do that, we are going to take a break here so you guys can hear from our sponsors. Well, the quarterback sources were not the only ones this week that uh, – 
were a little smokescreen. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> Texas, I, how often have we talked about it? I mean, I think we probably counted Jordan Matthews as in this class as anybody oh, in, yeah, in the group. And it certainly felt that way. And, um, you know, I, I think I've mentioned a couple times that, hey, I felt Tennessee throughout the summer has, has made it a little closer than they than I thought. You know, I think – but I thought him going to the pool party, him moving his decision after that. Oh, yeah. And everything we continued to hear seemed safe for Texas. And I always do this thing of, you know, uh, the night before a commitment, I'll just circle back with everybody and say, hey, we all still feeling good about this? Anything new? Um, and I could tell you that the Sunday night before Jordan announced, there were some worries going on in the Texas universe. There was a lot of, you know, we're being told we're in a good, we're, we're fine, but you know, we're, we're not sure. We don't feel great about that. Um, and you know, I think, you know, Hudson, everybody we talked to near the program from recruits to, uh, staff to other sources, you know, it was Hey, we feel really good about landing Jordan Matthews. To the point where he was in some chats already. Like, Yeah. And so uh, what I find really interesting is that with Jordan Matthews, you mentioned, hey, I circled back with a couple sources, and we might actually need to watch Tennessee. And immediately my mind just kind of went to that place of, okay, this might feel like the – Probably first one of the cycle to where we might get a true shock the world moment and get any any delivered honestly. You know, it's a thing of I feel like I almost have to do this every. I, I almost feel like I'm getting duped every recruitment because I'll check in and somebody will say, "Well, you know, we think it's us, but this other team worries us at the last minute, and I've got to come back in and say, okay, well, there's there is this. You know, you do need to worry about this, and well, we've certainly had a few where we've been very confident on, but. Uh, like like Cedric Baxter in Miami kind of making a late push right. where, you know, uh, I, I would say with that one, though, we did feel much more confident than Jordan Matthews. But it was one of those things where it's, OK, we're circling back with sources and, you know, you write an article and people are kind of like, oh, well, is it Miami? And we have to kind of reassure like, no, we still like our crystal ball picks. But, you know, this is the reporting. And with Jordan Matthews, it ended up that way. And. You know, honestly, Mike, if we hadn't it, – it, it, this is my assessment, but if we hadn't kind of crushed the 23 cycle as far as coverage goes, I probably would be a little bit more upset about Jordan Matthews. But considering everybody across every single website basically uh, got got it wrong, then I, I don't know. It, I just find it as a rare recruiting shock the world moment that now Texas has to rebound and figure out numbers at defensive back. Kind of mirrored the coaching, the quarterback thing in, in, in a way. of, and, and I'll tell you, I, I wrote it in the stampede, and I think I was probably the only one to warn the smoke signals, but I'm in no way taking credit because I didn't believe it enough to yeah. change my pick or really report more than, hey, we're just hearing this. And, you know, a lot of that, I think, is from confidence of things like the Cedric Baxter recruitment. It's like, okay, well, we heard that late in the Baxter recruitment ended up not mattering. For sure. Or like you know, Darian Gallette or like a couple different right, ones. Right, exactly. And and yet, so I didn't buy into it, but I know that there was legitimate concern on the Texas side going into that last 24 hours, so much so that, you know, I was up late that Sunday night chasing it. And I will tell you this. In Nashville. I was in Nashville, yes. I will tell you this. 
I was I watched that uh, Jordan Matthews entire commitment ceremony and like the entire as soon as it started I started to get a very weird feeling. I did I did. As I was well. like this just <laughs> something doesn't feel right uh, and boy uh, you know I, I guess in the end um, I should have maybe maybe trusted my gut a little more but it is what it is Texas is going to have to go a different direction and find some options at the cornerback position. What are those options you ask? Um, I think that. Obviously, the JV and Taviano is the the top target, and people people who say, "Well, now they've got to go harder for Taviano." Yeah, they were already. Yeah, <laughs> the, I don't. The the pedal's already on the floor. I don't think they can go harder for JV and Taviano at this point in time. Um, I, I did report last week that there has been some talks between Texas and Texas A and M commit Javon Thomas, who's teammates with Malik Muhammad. I'm not sure if those have many legs or where they're going, but it is something to watch as well. Texas has had some contact with Bravian Rogers. I don't think that has any legs. Maybe Hudson can fill us in more on that. And then there's a few out-of-state guys and even a few in-state guys I think they could look at as fall risers. Yeah, and also it is very interesting with this staff too because Steve Sarkeesian kind of has doubled down throughout the offseason that he really wants big corners. So that almost, it doesn't limit you, but it helps us as we're trying to find contingencies or, okay, if they do get Tobiano but want to take one more DB, who could they look? Two guys that I'm really interested in their senior seasons are um, Jelani McDonald, a defensive back at Waco Connolly that's committed to Oklahoma State, who just has freak testing and a lot of really fun quarterback tape. And then Randon Fontenet from Brazosport, who's a Utah commit, and I think has chance to really blow up uh, his senior year. Also, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State and Utah, not bad schools to maybe poach a defensive back commit from. No, I mean, two schools that have both shown that they can find them, they can develop them, they can evaluate them. So um, absolutely there. I think it's just going to be a case of absolutely chase Taviano and then, you know, from there figure out, Who's the fall riser you like the most? I also like Jalen Braxton. I yeah, think he's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Frisco Lone Star. Also, one more thing, Mike. Just me personally, I think that they should can maybe the staff feels a little bit uh, hard done by how it went down, but I would continue to pursue Jordan Matthews. Like I mentioned this to you, he was probably behind Derek Williams, my favorite defensive back that uh, could have been in this Texas class. So I'd love for them to continue to go after him, and you know, depending on how things shape up with, uh, you know, Malik Muhammad's commitment status. If, you know, he ends up maybe looking more towards Alabama during the fall, that's something that you could kind of circle back to depending on, you know, how good of a season Tennessee has slash, uh, the fact that Jordan Matthews also still has an official visit, uh, open to Texas that he could use. I think that's a great point. And that's the funny thing is two days before the decision, he and his family were setting up the Texas official yeah. visit, <laughs> knowing that they were planning on committing to another school. So, or, you never know, maybe it was the night before type deal. But, I mean, the video was done. Maybe they True. made a video with three endings, who knows. But I don't know how any of those things go anymore. But, um, you know, they were in the process of setting up that official visit. So, yeah, I do think there's still something that could be done there as well. Um all right, Hudson. Do we want to go through just some of the like half dozen or so targets that are still on the board before we get out of here? Or what do you? Yeah, we could do that. We're gonna talk a little bit about our high school coverage, which oh, we hope go. to get kicked off. Matt Step called me today, 
And he wanted to know if you and I had done a high school preview show because he wanted to listen to it. And I told him that he was our chief guest. I don't know if we're going to be able to. Maybe we can get him next week. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe do Is one. he going to be back in? Yeah, he lands back at America on Sunday. Um, so I I know he'll be uh, recovering from a minor minor surgical procedure this week before the, leading, before the season. Um, and, uh, and I think that maybe we can get him on Wednesday. I told yeah. him if we can't, if it doesn't work out, maybe we'll do a playoff preview with him. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to listen to our high school preview. We don't really have a high school preview, but I think we could talk about a couple of different things. Yeah. Well, um, that'll be a nerd out session for sure. Especially yeah. if step, uh, gets on the mic. Yeah. I'd like to do it maybe next week if we can, we'll, we'll have to see, but, um, you know, typically, I think we would also be picking games next week. I'm going to say it's probably with us still moving and in flux that we're not picking games next week, and we may start that week too. Yeah. If anything, next week, I assume, would probably be a, hey, let's uh, put them on the table with our state title picks. Something like that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not game by game with Guy Frazier as we usually do. But that will be fun. Yeah. That's probably going to have to be done, though, after we're both in our new places. Exactly. And, both and have internet set Have internet and, and all those things. So um, we, we will definitely do that. I am circling right now, I think for me, uh, Thursday night game between Martin and Lake Travis to go see JV and Taviano. And, of course, anybody Lake Travis has. Um, Mark Henry's son. Oh, really? Yeah, Jacob Henry is, a, I believe, a 2024 defensive tackle. A little on the shorter side, but uh, really good um, uh, American freestyle wrestler. Uh, and I believe has filmed a couple of different things with uh, AEW. So he's got some promos. So, yeah. Uh, I'll show you the clip afterwards, and maybe in the uh, podcast article we have for this, I'll include it. But he, he, he rules. Uh, Lake Travis also has, I believe... Let's see. I guess Bo Edmondson probably would be the main recruit, the Michigan State quarterback commit. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else like Travis would have. They have a younger offensive lineman, I believe, as well. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll certainly see that. We'll see who else Arlington Martin's got. They've got some guys as well. Um, And I don't know if I'm going to be at a game on Friday or not yet, which sucks because, I mean, you know, obviously I like to be as many games as possible, but... Again, the moving is uh, is throwing a wrench in things. Hudson, we haven't talked much about your schedule. Have you figured anything out yet? Yeah, so that Thursday, since you're going to be at Arlington Martin and Lake Travis, I'm probably going to head out to East Texas and do Timpson versus Beckville. Beckville has Jacoby Williams, Texas uh, running back offer in the 2024 class, and they have my guy Terry Bussey, uh, Timpson does, in the 2024 class. That is Oregon, Texas A&M. Recently camped at Texas, but did not come away with an offer. So that'll be my game on Thursday. I normally like to have a little bit of a smaller school to kick off the year. You know, um, I think last year mine was uh, Gilmer versus Gladewater uh, to start the season off. So kind of going back to that. And then Friday unsure right now thinking maybe McKinney Boyd against Longview and then what Saturday we have a pretty decent slate maybe a TV games too yeah I mean Duncanville South South of Cliff's going to be on ESPN that'll be fun um which is probably going to be better for us to watch at home just because I've worked those ESPN games they very much restrict your media access and all those sorts of things so 
we don't get what we normally would out of something like that. Um, but yeah, a few more games as well, and then you know tonight even there's California games are starting. And yeah, I mean, uh, Spencer Shannon will be in action. Kahuku's probably played like three times now. So <laughs> I think, no joke, Mike. I think almost every other state that's not in the immediate Texas border is going. Texas is usually one of the last. Now I think Arizona starts the week after them. Okay. Arizona and Vegas. So. Those are like Nevada will be the the last two maybe to, to get going, but a tangent. But that must be really weird considering that California and a couple other states mm-hmm. are early, like almost like a what four week difference. Then yeah, part of me thinks it has to be because of the heat ah, okay. on the desert. Um, I've worked, I've gone to, I went to the Polynesian Classic last year. Let me tell you, buddy, covering a 4 p.m. kickoff in Las Vegas is not fun. It yeah. is sweltering. So. Um, they, they had a two-game pack there, and even the, I mean, even by the time the seven thirty game started, it was it was still pretty miserable. So, um, yeah, I think they probably do that because of the heat. So, again, we'll do we'll try to give you the full-on Texas high school preview next week, um, maybe with Matt Step. We'll have to figure that part out. Um, maybe we bring Guy on too and just get Guy started with it. We get everybody involved. Um, well, we'll we'll just have to see what 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 the internet and what the time allows for. Um, and it'll be fun. And, you know, as we probably to like, I mean, enough could happen also team wise to where maybe we hop on talking Texas and get some team thoughts too, but it'll, it'll be interesting. And as we get closer to the season and are more settled moving wise, uh, you know, it'll just continue to get better. And we have a couple ideas too, uh, for, you know, post game coverage, a bunch of a bunch of fun stuff potentially on the horizon that we're trying to work out. Yeah, some stuff we'd really like to get I, in to I, get to get into. And <laughs> sorry, my phone launched something on accident. A um, bunch of fun stuff we'd really like to get into and bring you guys more coverage of. So we will. Uh, we're excited about that. Hudson, we're at about thirty three minutes here. Anything else you'd like to go over? Um. Okay. Uh, we can hit those targets you want to talk about. Okay, yeah, that's one. I was going to give you an over-under on Quinn passing yards just to put you on the spot to uh, go. Let's let's say uh, 2,800. I'll go over. I'll go over, too. That's, that feels like an easy over. I wanted to I wanted to make it like 3,200 or whatever, but in the odd case, that's just a disaster. I didn't want somebody coming back clipping it and just being like, hey, morons. I think last year I said I didn't see Bijan Robinson rushing for 1,000 yards. Before the year, people were just like killing me. And like, <laughs> I don't think he did. Did he? Did wait? Did he get to a thousand? I believe so. Um, I just said I was concerned he was going to have some injury issues, and I was kind of right in that. But I really lowballed the the yardage. I mean, shoot, uh, I misremembered the Colt McCoy first versus second year interception thing. So I don't know. Maybe don't trust me on stats right now. Oh yeah, he ran for one thousand one hundred and twenty-seven yards. So he was. I was wrong. I think I said he would run for like eight hundred. Um, just just a measly old six yards of carry. I just thought he he might get hurt, you know. No, well, for sure. Usage might might hurt him. So okay, here's one team thing. True tangent with Rashawn, maybe not getting as much uh, run to start the year, recovering from injury. Maybe we get some Jonathan Brooks as running back two uh, action, or some Jaden Blue. I'd like to see how those races are shaking out, but I do want to see more of Jonathan Brooks, who I thought. Was really, I mean, obviously, I really liked him in high school, but thought he was really good at the times he's been in Burnt Orange and just touched the ball. You know, he got in last year and looked okay. There's something here, and then he got hurt. 
But even in the spring game, oh, we yeah. like, watched the spring game, he had some great carries. He's just got such a knack and, and like incredible vision. I, I think we've talked about this too. Aesthetically, one of my favorite high school players of all time, um, as far as just his running style. Somebody mm. said that he kind of runs with the same gait as Tony Dorsett, which I went back and watched because I you know, obviously knew of Tony Dorsett but wasn't as familiar with his play style, and it made a lot of sense. So, I don't know, really excited um, th- that that could be something that goes down too. Um, getting to the targets real quick, because I know we do eventually want to get out of here. Damon, <laughs> Damon Wilson out of Venice, Florida, will be an NFL football player one day. Probably is going to be a first-round draft pick. And in my opinion, regardless of the guys who have been on the board for longer, like uh, Javion Toviano or DJ Hicks, I think Damon Wilson's the most important guy remaining. Because that is somebody who I think legitimately could start at edge day one at Texas. He's that type of player, in my opinion. And is going to end up as a you know pretty consensus five-star. I think he is easily the most important him and, and Tosilia Kana finding pass rushers is the biggest need. Even if you can't find a second corner that's as good as JV and Taviano, even if you can't find, you know, uh, another receiver, if you've got to go to secondary options there, you've got to find some high quality options that can rush the passer. So I do think he is the most important guy. And I think a perfect way of framing that too is that Ethan Burke, somebody who I had in the top five of when we did our 2022 class rankings, right, um, is was on a longer development uh, timeline and already is running with the twos, right? And already is kind of getting talked about like, okay, his body might not be where we want it, but he's going to have to be on the field because he just offers a you know dynamic ability as a pass rusher that we don't have. Then when you look about <laughs> look at a guy like you know Damon Wilson who is about as ready made as they come is I believe pretty close to the 500 bench 700 squat club. In addition to the fact that he does construction after workouts, like mentally and physically about as ready as you're going to get from a pass rusher. And Texas is extremely lucky to be right in the middle of this recruitment, considering that, you know, for a while, this was just somebody that was not even close to on our radar. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I, you know, I, I just I can't say more about their need for a pass rush. I'd feel a lot better about this team this year if they had a, a pass rush. I did talk to Jeff Howe the other night, who was at the open practice, who told me, "Man, I was really impressed by what Ethan Burke did when we saw him on the field. He was out there battling, and said he's even filled out a little bit. Doesn't look nearly as skinny and lanky. So, I mean, that's that's positive." What we kind of talked about uh, when we were. I believe maybe a seven on seven preview talking about Austin Westlake is just how well they're coached and Colton Vosick, uh, Oklahoma commit. His dad is the defensive line coach at Westlake and they play with some of the best pass rushing and uh, setting the edge technique as far as their hands go. Their hands it, are so good. I mean, it's just uh, the perfect balance of physicality and violence while you're staying in control and you maintain good leverage. So that, that part doesn't really surprise me about Ethan. It's one reason I was so high on him and really wanted Texas to offer for the longest time. But at the same point, you know, uh, ending up in a spot to where you're already with the twos is pretty incredible. Yeah. Big thanks for Ethan Burke and for the Texas staff or for the Texas team moving forward. Um, otherwise than that, you know, I mean, it's kind of the same things we've been talking yeah, about. Like Marcus Deal, Jalen Hale. Um, <laughs> do you want to give a – we got asked a question the other day and I didn't respond to it and feel bad. Would you like to say something about uh, DJ Hicks at Katie Paydow and Texas's pursuit? 
that recruitment is dead. Yeah, I mean, maybe he. I'll call it life support, but it's not. I don't don't I. We've been pretty diligent in telling you not to buy anything out of there, and I feel like we've been pretty right. Yeah, correct in that. Even during the Arch Manning stuff, when it was like, oh, actually, they're calling now. Like, yeah, it's not um, the case. I'm trying to think. Deuce Robinson, probably another interesting one to, to where it's just as soon as he gets on campus, then gathering source. Anything from right now is just more speculation, and there's some encouraging signs, but we really need to wait until. There's nothing to know until yeah. until we know. So we'll have to wait till he's on campus to know. Jalen Hale, I think things still trending well for Texas in that department. Um, Again, Marcus Deal, we talked about that's going to kind of go yep. down to the wire probably. Exactly. Um, we'll see how the fall plays out with him. One more thing as well. We mentioned defensive back maybe finding some contingencies. I think interior defensive line is probably the next spot of, you know, okay, a new offer just went out to a kid at uh, North Gwinnett High School in the Atlanta area. I think that's somewhere to where if you're a player in the state – Maybe you can play your way into a Texas scholarship. This is uh, not somebody that we've heard from sources that they're evaluating, but just a name like, you know, Brendan Bett from Colleen Ellison. Like if you have a monster senior year, maybe you can play your way into a Texas scholarship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we always see that guys, when the when the bar starts closing and the options look a little limited, guys kind of elevate like that. So Absolutely. All right, I think that's it. Anything else you want to add, Hudden? I don't think so. Just excited for the season. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for listening. We hope you guys are ready for the season as well. Please keep it locked on to Horns 24-7 for all your team recruiting info. For Hudson Standish, I'm Mike Roach. We will talk to you guys next week. Oh, <laughs>